Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And today we are joined by NJ Beretta of DadBod Production House. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Aaliyah, and thank you for and thank you, Curtis, for having me. Absolutely. Um, can you give us start things off by giving us a brief, um, uh, oh, a brief summary? My brain is failing me. A brief summary of who you are and what you do in the realms of metal. Yeah. Um, so my name is Anjay Beretta. Um, I'm, uh, I guess, primarily a musician. Um, I've been playing music uh, in the um, within the genres of punk, hardcore, and metal for um, most of my life. Uh, so uh, that's going um, over uh, over, I guess, twenty five years now. And um, very recently, I guess, uh, up until a year ago, I decided to uh, start up my own business. Um, and uh, the mandate of that business is to provide artist management and consultancy solutions for uh, musicians out there like myself um, and uh, lean on the experiences that I've had as a musician, um, as well as uh, leaning on uh, the, the learnings that I've had working in the corporate world and, and uh, the things that I've learned through business and things like that. And uh, that's how I formed uh, DadBot about a year ago. Now, can you give us like a little summary of what DadBod is, what you do in a little more depth? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so um, the mandate of DadBod is um, is to help musicians um, with, uh, with getting started as well as with the projects they have uh, moving along. Um, I like to think back on some of the challenges and kind of growing pains that I've had um, as a musician through the years. Um, and, you know, I thought to myself, what, what's, what are ways, what are the things that I've learned that I can share with my peers, my fellow musicians out there um, to help them so that they can succeed um, and, you know, and maybe avoid a little bit of, uh, of those uh, challenges that I've encountered along the way, or at least have the tools to be able to encounter those challenges in um, in, a, in a way that uh, that is a little easier for them. So, um, some of the I guess that my main uh, the main thing that I the main service that I offer is grant writing, um, and I, the foundation on that is based on um, the fact that a lot of times when you're a musician, when you're a band starting out. Capital is the main thing that that you need to get the ball rolling, um, especially if you're a brand new band, a young band. Um, you know you don't have a lot to start with, um, yeah, other than of course your your talent and and your ambitions. But um, with the help of um, of grants and the service that I provide in in writing those grants, um, I hope that I'm able to. 
um, provide a means for those musicians to potentially access um, that capital so that they can use it towards recording, uh, video production, marketing, or touring. Um, and then the other piece of um, the other pieces where I help out with are uh, related to artist management. Um, I uh, I make EPKs, um, a little bit of PR, um, and then I, I guess my more favorite hands-on aspect of it is um, uh, I guess like a tour or stage management. So coordinating, pl planning tours, um, activities related to releases, that kind of thing. Cool. Now the grant writing thing, that's, we have listeners in North America, USA and Canada and internationally. Um, the grant writing service that you provide would be only for Canadian bands, correct? That's, that is correct. Yes. Um, at, at least at this point, um, that's, uh, I, I guess that's the scope of, of, uh, of my knowledge in terms of uh, grants. I know there's other opportunities out there in the other countries, um, but right now, my uh, my main focus is the Canadian uh, market. Uh, I want to touch on something silly for a brief second, NJ. So um, why the name? So um, I guess let's start off with the fact that I am literally a dad. Um, and um, it's uh, it's part of my identity and who I am. But um, I, I find a parallel um, in... Uh, I guess the challenges that I've had with fatherhood um, and also the nurturing aspect of being a dad. Um, so I figured, you know, I can apply that same sensibility with my business acumen and how I do things. Um, and particularly around dad bod, um, you know, the, this, uh, this visual of, of, um, of a dad who has a big gut is uh, is a status in that you know it shows that there's there's wisdom and that there is uh, experience behind that gut. You know, it's 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 a mark that shows that you've been through it and that you put in time and you put in sacrifice. Um, you know, often maybe at the behest of your health or the way you look. But it's something that I feel that is something that you could wear proudly because it shows that um, you, you've kind of earned um, that's that status and that, um, you know, that is the byproduct of the effort and care that you put into the thing that you love. I wasn't expecting that. That's cool. That's very cool. That was deep. That was very deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, it was it was a weird like epiphany um how it came about and you know so some things are, are magical and in, in how they line up and i was just like just one of those moments where you're laying in bed at night and uh just kind of the light bulb goes off it's like oh my god this is uh these 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 two things are very alike and i kind of want to handle it very similarly and have the same amount of care um in how i do this this particular thing that's awesome um, so before we get into the questions that Aaliyah had, um, can you kind of go over, because you keep mentioning it, but you haven't really said uh, what your actual background is, because you keep talking about your business knowledge. Oh, are yes. you willing Are you willing to say what your actual background is for, for the listeners? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so I guess like on the professional end of things, um, I was uh, 
my, my background is in pharmacy technician. Um, so I, I worked in retail pharmacy for many years and uh, as well as hospital pharmacy and then eventually worked my way into um, the administrative and corporate end of things. Um, so for the better part of a decade, um, I'd been working within the healthcare insurance industry. Um, and in, in a way, uh, it, 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 was, uh, it was strange how, how it d- helped me develop certain skills um, that I ended up applying within my business. Um, so things like account management, business development, um, and uh, agile methodologies, these are all things that I apply in how I work. Um, but yeah, in my most recent position, um, I, I was a, an account manager. So um, it's there's there's so many similar things in, in how I did things with that job and how I treat my clients. Um, mainly, you know, um, the emphasis on the fact that they are and will should always come first when it comes to um, to I guess uh, the hierarchy of importance and me being able to thoroughly understand what their needs are. You're muted, Curtis. One second. My button wasn't wasn't going there. I'm sorry. Um, so now just to clarify on that. So you were in the corporate world and then now uh, DadBot is your full-time job, right? Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll clarify on that a little bit because within DadBot, there's, I guess, three facets that, uh, that uh, I generate my revenue from. Um, so uh, there's the piece that uh, I elaborated on earlier around the grant writing um, and uh, and the EPKs and the PR um, and I guess the project management aspect of things. Um, but through DadBod, um, I also freelance as a backline technician um, for um, a, a backline rental company uh, based out of Toronto called Backline Plus. Um, and uh, it's it's also through that particular avenue that I was able to network and um, and and work with some really great artists and musicians um, at a very you know a very close and and uh, intimate uh, space because it is it's right there on the stage with them that 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 where I would be interacting. So I would set up their gear. I'd hang outside stage, make sure everything goes okay. Um, if there's any uh, issues you know, uh, particularly involving the, the music gear, I'd have to act quick to remedy those problems, whether it's technical or operational or logistical. Um, so uh, that's that's one part of it. And then the third part is, um, I guess, uh, a, a recent um, uh, more, more intimate artist management um, uh, kind of gig. And I, I guess I would call it... Um, uh, like uh, operational management for uh, for Canadian jazz icon uh, Molly Johnson, uh, whom I had the privilege of meeting through um, through my networking through uh, this backline uh, freelance gig. So thirty um, percent uh, of my time is is devoted to her, and in the short period of time I've had the privilege of working with her. I've I've been on the road with her a few times. Um, and I've also been providing administrative support uh, in terms of planning her future tours and shows. Um, and uh, a little nerdy thing that I 
really like doing is preparing her um, her artist writer. <laughs> so you know, like she, she's great because I, it's it's not about uh, about having to have a bowl of green M and M's or anything like that. But nonetheless, it's about making sure that uh, all of the her hospitality and performance requirements are met so that uh, there's a satisfactory and excellent performance every night. Cool. And I got one more before Leo gets into the question. So um, how did you land your first client? Um, so I've, I've been privileged with being able to build a network of friends um, amongst the musician community in all of those years that I've been performing. Um, so it was... Uh, very organic and natural that when I started to converse with my fellow musician friends about this initiative that I had, that um, they were, a few of them were ready to jump right on board. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm very grateful to them. And I, I, I'm definitely indebted to them for, for allowing me to, to take on this challenge and for them to trust me too, especially because it, it was a new venture for me. Um, so I, I've been lucky in that sense in that, um, my, my first client was, uh, was one of my, uh, uh, musician friend bands, um, that took a chance on me and, uh, yeah, it's from there. It's, it's, I think I, ever since then, I haven't really had to seek anybody out. It's just been referral based since then. So I've been very lucky. Cool. I'm good, Aaliyah. Awesome. So you mentioned before we started recording that you had some grant writing idea that you were talking to Curtis about at a show you guys were at the other day. Um, I don't have the luxury of going to those because I'm in Chicago, USA, but can you go into depth a little bit about what you were bringing up? Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the observations that I've had um, w working through the grant writing process um, was the bureaucratic hurdles that came along with with the, with the application. I'm, naturally, there's going to be an aspect of that because um, you know you, the the grant facilitators also have to go through their due diligence and make sure that um, you know that as an applicant that you're meeting their requirements. But um, I don't know. I I, fit, I feel that it's it's way more administrative than it has to be and there's a gatekeeping aspect to it um that is a limiting factor to um to to the to musicians and bands out there um almost to the point where it's discouraging and i i don't feel that it should be like that i feel that it should be a resource that's available to to those who need it um and if um you know, if you do, if you can show that you've put in the work and the time and have ambition and plans that you should get those grants. Um, but, you know, uh, other than the administrative hurdles, there's also, um, I guess, certain, certain interests that, um, that I felt were a little less relevant to how bands are, um performing and operating these days um key example would be um a favored metric that that grants uh um that uh that uh the grant bodies have is um 
a, a tendency to favor uh, radio play. Um, and I, I don't disagree. Fucking <laughs> yeah. stupid. I'm sorry. I have to jump in. Radio play, like, who fucking cares nowadays? Seriously. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I'll shut up. Yeah. Don't and, let you know, hear you say that. But <laughs> come on. It's Canada. Like, fuck, who listens to the radio in Canada? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, you know, metal bands. Like, who? It's just, it's just, there are so many other media platforms now that are equally but important. It's, but it's also Canada, so. and there's no rate metal radio in Canada other than like, that you have oh, maybe that's true we definitely have it here in the yeah, states like, so. that's that's my that's my bitch sorry this serious serious don't you guys get serious xm up there too oh, oh no is that usa no, only that's us. Oh, okay i don't know anything yeah yeah no <laughs> all right all right there's, there's nothing up here yeah. sorry, sorry all right all right yeah and and you know like and that's not to say that that serious is not accessible to to um to audiences here but um even with serious there's um the accessibility point of it is still kind of web-based unless ooh, you're ooh, driving ooh, a particular ooh. vehicle that happens to sponsor it. Ooh, right. But but sure. but pardon me if I'm mistaken, NJ. Um, yeah. They wanted to hear, they want to know about Canadian radio play only, correct? Yeah. Okay, that's right. what, that's that what one, I was trying yes, to say. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a significant point in the context of grants. Yes, Canadian radio play. That's why I was and, asking because she brought up Sirius. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like in this day and age, like uh, especially in these more niche, not quite so mainstream genres, the subgenres of metal, punk and hardcore um, radio is is it puts it puts those musicians at a disadvantage when radio is still such a primary metric. Um, and then for stream counts uh, and and subscriptions that kind of thing there is more relevance with that um but i guess i, I find a certain level of objectivity um is hard to attain with that because how much of that is truly organic um it, how much of that is true audience response and engagement um I, I I I tend to feel that with um, with the niche genres of music, outsider kind of music, that uh, it it does benefit and tend to be more uh, gravitating towards uh, or or makes its way down organically to its audiences because it is so it, it is so outside and it is isn't quite as easy to get picked up by bots that kind of thing um so on the one hand it's like yes it's more genuine but um in the perception of those who are um bestowing these grants um you know it's the number it's a numbers game so how does you know like a joe schmo band uh from middle of nowhere ontario who's really given it and trying to book tours and and really giving it um maximum effort to to try to make it as a musician and realize their dream how do they compete how, how do they stand out and make themselves relevant how do they make their efforts known um and your idea to help with that is to start my own grant um and it's the way it came came by was actually um and i can't even say that it's 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 
my grant. I'd like I I say that because it's like that conceptually, it's like why not take control of it? Um, I've I've had the privilege of partnering up um, with a uh, wonderful collaborator. Um, her name is Sarah uh, Sarah Kell, and uh, she is a graphic designer and a, um, uh, a a merch printer and she had this amazing altruistic idea where she said you know i and these were her words to me she's like i want to be able to give back to the scene and i said sarah how what what's what you got up to your sleeve and she said well i want to be able to push my brand sell my merch and I want a non-profit portion of that to be allocated to some kind of pot, some kind of vessel that can be reinvested back into the DIY, more local and more startup uh, independent based musicians that are in the area. And conceptually, it, it, it started off with us thinking about it uh, within Kitchener-Waterloo, Canada. Um, because uh, that's geographically where she's located and where we met. And um, in the brainstorming, we figured, why don't we find a way to reinvest that back in the form of a grant? Um, so, so cool. Yeah. And um, it's not going to be anything super massive right away. Sure. Um, it, but uh, where we have our sights set realistically is that it would be a micro grant um, you know, and we haven't land, quite landed on what that figure is, but it would be in, you know, $1,000, $2,000. But um, that's the kind of startup capital that new bands that are, um, you know, ambitious and and ready to, to build their careers. That's the kind of thing that's going to help them get into a studio um, or uh, pay for their gas while they're hitting the road touring Um and, uh, you know, and also like take care of their marketing needs, such as um, paying for uh, for sponsored uh, hits on, or not sponsored hits, um, uh, sponsored ads on Facebook or Instagram. Um, really the kinds of things that would help um, get their feet off the ground. Nice. And what better, what better way to change the space than to enter the space and start changing the, the uh, metrics that are being used? that way that's a great idea yeah thank thank you and you know there's still a lot of work to be done and uh one of those uh, things that we're really trying to uh, hash out is is those metrics um are, or are those metrics um and uh just just off the top of our heads while we were brainstorming um accessibility is 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 one of our top mandates um we want it to be a simpler process and based on merits that are, um, I guess, more, more, uh, more grassroots. Uh, like if you are putting the time in and the muscle, um, then yeah, like that. That it weighs way more than it, it just carries way more weight in in how we would be perceiving um, this uh, this this grant. Uh, evaluation process than what any of the other grant evaluation processes are like. So I know we only got like 15 minutes left now because we've already talked a lot. My fault. Um, no, we have, we have more than 15, don't we? Do we? No, we got about 15 only, I think. Oh my yeah. gosh. I haven't even started on my topics yet. I know. I know. But I want to go one last question on this grant thing before we go you, on. How dare you? 
I'm sorry, but um, so just just so I have it 100% clear, NJ, and I could be mistaken on this, so correct me if I'm wrong. If a band wants to hit you up to help them get a grant, they need to have something established first, right? It can't be a brand new band just wanting money. They actually have to show, be able to show whatever they're called, the, I forget the name, that they are worth investing in, correct? Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. But, you know, I, when I say that that the band that this would be for bands that are starting out, um, it would be for not, not like net zero. It's it's bands who are generating that upward momentum already, okay. um, but at a level that you know, for instance, you don't you don't have to be Alexis on fire to be able to get this grant. Of course, yeah. Of course. So if a band wants to approach you for grant writing, where should they be at in terms of their career? Or where like give it tell us tell us an example if, if you're willing. Yeah. Um I'd say a good case study or or example would be um bands who um who are playing shows. That's okay. Very important. It it like right right there is is, is kind of the um uh the, the the thing that that kicks everything off like if 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 you're playing shows it means you're you're serious about demonstrating and showcasing your craft um and that you are in a position where you're ready to take it somewhere and um that's that's i think you know it that's i i feel like that's why this uh this this grant um, concept is a differentiator is that um, you don't ha necessarily have to be at a very mature stage of your mu musical career um, to be able to uh, to get it it's it's meant to help develop and support you if you are on the uh, newer end of things but are but can demonstrate your ambitiousness I guess I think I got it. Cool. So I guess we should start talking about EPKs. Yeah. Well, we'll move into a space that, that that's relevant to our entire listener base because Americans. not everyone is in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, Fucking Americans. But EPKs, this is still a thing. Like, I don't really see them a lot and I'm not sure what the use, what they're used for. So can you give us a little summary uh, explanation of what EPKs are for, what scenarios they're for? Yeah, what format um, works best? So, um, uh, for for those first time listeners, um, EPK is uh, electronic press kit. Yes. Um, so uh, it uh, the best like the simplest way to view it is uh, essentially a band's resume, um, and uh, its intent and purpose is that um, it is a uh, concise way to be able to um identify who the band is um their demographics um what genre style of music uh they play um what goals they have and how to access um the media that they have out there um so in terms of relevance these days um like a lot most we, we're able to access our information for not just music uh, um for everything in a very 
fast and succinct way through the wide world of the internet. Um, so it, it does beg the question, why do we still need an EPK? When I have a website, I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have YouTube, that kind of thing that can demonstrate all those things. Um, I'll start off first with how it relates to grants. Grants like EPKs, um, well, EPKs and bios. Um, so in what I tell my clients is that if we are going to be applying for multiple grants through the course of the year, you know, let's not keep reinventing the wheel. Let's have this, this package, this electronic press kit that we can send over and over again, um, at least to capture that that base, that baseline information that's needed for these applications. And then um, where it then extends itself to convenience is in reaching out to and, and networking with booking agents and, um, and, and even other bands to generate other opportunities to play shows. Um, and, you know, to, just to be able to, uh, to introduce yourself in, in a nice, quick and easy way. Yes, this is, these are also opportunities where you could just point them to your website, um, but it, it also is another means. Um, and then the third way that, uh, that I've, uh, I, I've coached my clients to on where they can u- utilize this is um, in, in PR. So uh, again, being able to, to send out a a resume type information info package that's ready to be consumed and digestible, uh, particularly if you are sending out um, mass amounts of emails. Um, it's a quick and easy attachment that can be put in there. And, you know, there there is a certain charm to it in that it can be, it's a little bit more, I guess, uh, personalized in the sense that, you know, you could also have it uh, be accompanied with um, with uh, any additional copy that you might have that's that's specific to to whoever you're addressing it to, and have this nice little copy package. means extra text and words. Yes, paragraphs of text. Yeah, but I I do um, I, I find myself um, I guess um, hearkening back to the 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 old days. I'm using air quotes here. Um, where uh, back in the day, their EPKs were actual PKs, press kits, you know, and um, it, that's that that was a, a that that definitely had a lot of charm in 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 my mind, and that you're able to actually put um, all this information together in a nice package and be able to present it to somebody that you're meeting with face to face. But I. I, I and this is a personal thing that I do is uh, I, I tend to design my EPKs in a format that is visually uh, appealing if it were to be printed. And so there is that option that if you did want to print it and have a nice physical package, you could do that too. Nice. So is it usually like, do you usually try to limit it to one page or do you do like multi multiple page documents? Um, multi-page, but I don't... Um, I, I don't overload it with information and content. Um, and what do you usually include? Um, so the usual 
um, sections in there are um, a bio, uh, media, uh, contact, and photos. So, um, but uh, I, I tend to use a lot of the space um, to actually um, work in the pictures right into the pages um, so that it has a, a, like a magazine print kind of feel. Um, and yeah, it just makes it uh, more more visually engaging to to look at and look through. Uh, one key aspect that you didn't mention, or if you did, I totally did not hear you um, for an EPK that I, I know works well is also for booking shows. So you can send it to promoters and stuff like that too. So, yes, you yeah, did uh, mention uh, that, but... Oh, did you? Then I missed that part then. Um, I'm so tired today. I'm sorry, guys. So um, one more question I have on EPK is just, um, can you give a ballpark figure on what it roughly costs to do one with you? Um, I, I can be fully transparent with that. That's um, fine my, too. My, yeah, my, my, my pricing on it is is standard. Um, so uh, my, my EPK package is, um, is $150. Um, so uh, with that, uh, it's, it, it is only digital though that I provide. So that if um, if the uh, client does want to print it, um, they, they would have to do that by themselves. But yeah, it's it's all digital. Nice. Okay, and I got one final question about EPKs. I know we don't have a lot of time, but um, so now do you? So when you're like including the music and stuff for the links and stuff, so how does that work? Is it like a link to their Bandcamp or is it a drive file or how does that work? So um, I try to make concessions for the possibility that whoever is receiving it on the other end might print it. It's it's okay. a very it's it it does have an old school um, kind of uh, I, I guess uh, feel to that part of it, but uh, I I I'm trying to make sure that it's accessible in in a way that uh, whoever's on the other end whether they are uh more accustomed to uh digitally um looking through these uh, press kits or would prefer something in print still be able to um to to get that information um so what i'll what i tend to do is i i will type out the links uh right on the page um, but uh, I'll uh, I'll provide a, a hyperlink capability too, so that if you're fl flipping through it digitally, you can hover and click. Okay, fair enough. Um, Ali, I guess we should probably do some other questions before we have to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, let's bounce on over to booking, and I'm going to dive right in with this kind of a doozy of a question. Do you have any tips for a band who has never toured how to book their first tour DIY? Ooh. DIY. Okay. Um, the crux of DIY is in networking um, and, and you yourself doing that direct networking. Um, and networking is hard, NJ. So how do you network <laughs> so with hard. promoters that are outside of your state? No one wants to see who you're... Hey, it's province. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I I I can I can pivot between the two. Um, I'm just got to give her a hard time. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's I guess uh, look at this uh, from um, from a smaller scope, moving outward. Um, 
as and also if your band starting out typically your 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 world is already you're starting off with a small uh, yes, like small w- world small yeah. radius um and uh it's at that point that your networking at that level would consist of um trying to talk and meet with local promoters um and establishing relationships with local bands um and from there building on that you know getting to meet more promoters um that are further and further away from your radius as well as other bands and naturally you'll start to encounter other bands too that are from out of state out of province that are on tour and then you continue to build on that you meet them you engage with them and see if maybe you could meet them in their state or province um, for for a potential tour and and, and showcasing um, and it's it's it, it starts to snowball at that point um, because uh, your world starts to get bigger and bigger and you get to access you start to access uh, more and more in different kinds of individuals as that world grows so it, it, it might start off with your your local promoter who happens to know an out-of-town band who happens to know another out-of-town band that is signed to a small DIY label. Um, And then you end up working with that label and um, you establish um, a bit of, I I guess, credibility and also with the label's help, um, additional distribution of your music uh, that reaches an even wider and and bigger audience. And then the cycle repeats, but just on a grander and grander scale. Um, So, yeah, it's... But uh, you know, it all starts with with uh, with those bands, those musicians having to to rub elbows and put in the time locally. All right, I think that's about all we have time for. It's talking too much, eh? Hey, it's oh, all there's, good. There's the Canadian. There's the Canadian. There's the Canadian A. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that you may have wanted to say something about some shows coming up. So I'm going to give you the floor to talk about that right now. Yes, um, I'm, I'm very excited to um, to uh, announce that there's uh, two shows this summer um, or two sets of, of shows this summer that uh, I've been working uh, with some out-of-town bands on. Um, and uh, promoting is, is not my main um, uh, foray or, 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 or uh, main Forte. mandate. Forte, yes. Um, it's uh, but in in certain cases, um, there's certain clients or or certain friends that uh, that I definitely want to help out. And now that I have the resources and capability to do this, um, I I I will do it if I can. And um, they, they happen to be two bands that I I greatly enjoy. Um, one of them I I played with uh, in my previous bands uh, with the previous iteration of their band. Um, they're called Vaced. They are from Gatineau slash Ottawa, um, in Canada, and uh, they're going to be traveling through um, Ontario um, in uh, in May. Um, I'll I'll have the details up online. I just don't have a calendar in front of me right now, but um, they're doing um, a four day stint um, through Ontario, and um, I've uh, I've set up uh, uh, three out of those four shows for them. Uh, along with a, uh, quite a few other acts that uh, that I I greatly enjoy, um, they are uh, uh, I guess more of a post rock 
um, sludgy kind of band. Um, I guess if you think of bands like Neurosis, uh, that would be um, the kind of music that they play. They're really great. So very excited about that. And then um, in June, um, I am putting together three of the Canadian dates for uh, Mayors of Thrace, who are um, a um, Alberta-based uh, uh, Canadian uh, two-piece uh, doom sludge, just amazing band. And uh, they're signed to Sonic Onion. And this has been their big comeback year. Um, they were absent from the music scene for about a decade. Um, and they've come back with a new record. And now that uh, the pandemic restrictions have been lifted, they are touring and they're hitting it hard. So very excited to put on um, three shows for them. Uh, one in Montreal, um, the other in Toronto and in Hamilton. So that's in June. And uh, yeah, I'll have more details awesome. online on that. All right. Well, I'll drop all your links to um, Dad Bod and uh, everything, anything you want me to link to in the uh, show notes. Um, thank you so much again for coming on and everyone listening. Until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.